Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. Hey, it's another Svelte Radio episode. We're back. It's almost a new year, and we're very excited. Ooh. It's an it's it's looking good for Svelte and Svelkit. We're getting a lot of, of it is new users into Discord. the The subreddit is popping off. The traffic's are out of this world. Okay, it's not it's not that good, but it's it's, very, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think people were just waiting for yeah. that 1.0 milestone, and now that it's there, it's like everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, I've got to try and it now." It's, now it's ready. Although it's, yeah, it's yeah, windy. yeah, and it's it, just, it, I feel like a lot of people that try it are enjoying it, which is great. So yeah, yeah, I feel like that's the mm. magic of Spell is what it's been for me every time. Is like a new user experiences other frameworks and then comes to Spell and they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize it was like yeah, this yeah, simple." It's pretty good. All right, so what have you guys been up to, Brittany, Sean? interviewing like crazy and going through all of that. And then I've taken mostly a break over the holidays, which has kind of been nice, but it's been weird because there's no purpose right now. Like, and I don't do well with like nothing to do. So I've just been playing a lot of video games. My kids are off at grandma. So I'm just, I'm kind of bored. I, I redid this siren site in skeleton. Yeah. I'll talk about that later, but. All right. Yeah. Sean, what have you been what have you been up to? How about you, Sean? This week has been uh, mostly just, you know, the whole company is uh, shut down. So you just get to work on your own projects. Um, mostly I cleared a bunch of reading and then I um, mess around with um, um, some code stuff. Nothing nothing huge, though. Uh, but probably the biggest thing was I wrote a post that was uh, top of Hacker News yesterday. And that was very fun. Mostly, deal, mostly messing around with... Um, Notion AI, which is the new Notion feature that launched. Do you guys have access? I just got access, I but I haven't tried I, it yet. I didn't even know it was. I think a it's thing, pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. So when you do the slash command in Notion mm. now, you get uh, a bunch of AI features, oh, um, cool. and you can just tell it what you want, like uh, write a blog post, write out, write an outline, brainstorm ideas. I think it's uh, pretty nicely done. And uh, the Notion people, so you know, my blog post was about essentially reverse engineering their prompts. So I basically got the source right. of <laughs> Notion AI. And uh, I was actually very worried that they would uh, be offended or like, you know, take back uh, my my access to Notion AI. But then they were in the comments in the Hacker News post, like telling us to uh, take advantage of oh, it. It's nice. go nuts. Oh my they, gosh. They, don't, they, just, they just don't care. So yeah. That is really awesome. If I could get the AI to work for me to like write the outlines and the things that I hate about writing blog posts, I probably would enjoy it more. So maybe I'll have to give that a shot. That's the stuff I hate uh, about blog posts, just the prep. Yeah. 
So, you know, there's been various measures of the the state of AI as, as of today. If you make AI take an IQ test, it comes in at about, uh, what, what is, sorry. Like 100 is, IQ? is average, I guess. Uh, so, so, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, it, was an IQ, it was an IQ test. Uh, it was a SAT. Right. You think if you oh, make okay. it, take an SAT test, it comes in at about 1,020 out of 1,600. Uh, so just the reading and, uh, and, and math uh, stuff. Okay. So it's not that good, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, it, it can speak. I was like, I got English. a little more than that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Most <laughs> most people would. Um, so I think you just have to take it with that caution. Like it, yeah. You know, it, uh, it's not that intelligence. Uh, it will not make you look good if you just copy and paste the output and pass it off as your own work. But yeah. I think it's a good starting point. Yeah, I saw. I saw like a. So there's a there's a podcast or show called the the Wan Show by uh, Linus tech tips, I think it is. And they have like these show notes and stuff. And they like the last episode, I, th- I think they tried like, uh, so the host didn't know, but the, the writers that write the show notes tried mixing in like one of the, one of the topics was written by chat GPT basically. And the, 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 the host had to guess <laughs> which one was the real one. Well, real uh, is is a relative, oh of course, gosh. but it was he, he he didn't get it right. So it's a since we're already talking about this AI stuff too. I was telling you that I might talk about this later, but that dot us is a conference site. They're a community, but they're written in Svelkit. And yesterday I was talking to Clark Sell, who runs that, and he used Chat GPT to automatically generate like a Svelkit landing page and it did like this 12 column bootstrap grid with tailwind and it's kind of interesting that like he just gave it the prompts and it just built out the page so this this thing about like our programmers jobs (laughs) like we would still have to code the ai so i don't think our jobs are completely going to go away but maybe those mundane tasks and stuff might get a little easier it's going to be so nice though yeah so what's new the live stream went well, I think. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of people who show up and I think we I think we even reached like almost 500 consecutive viewers, which is yeah, great. Yeah, like on yeah. the live stream, which is really yeah. good for a live stream on the channel. Yeah. Um and yeah, there's a there's a new website, there's a learn.svelte.dev. We could go into that in detail if you want to. I think we did in the episode, right? So yeah, we looked at a lot of that in the episode. Um, I think there were some blog posts and things that I received that I um, didn't mention. I don't know. I did a lot of planning for that, like reaching out to people and trying to get them to do the video snippets and things. And then a couple of people just wrote blog posts and stuff around Svelte. And I didn't know how we were going to aggregate all of those and show them off. But that would be cool if we could go through maybe a new blog post or something. Yeah, do you have any any that we can we can take a look at? Yeah, I don't know if it's great for a podcast though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I can get them together and maybe we can do something like yeah. show them off somehow. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, we so could feature a- them in the uh, what's new in Svelte's uh, newsletter. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. There's a bunch of links so, and there. it's still um in staged right it's not merged yet no uh yeah yeah it's it's still being uh, being worked on Mm -hmm. yeah 
So that's great. That gives me purpose for today. That gives me something to do. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. There are a lot of, a lot of stuff in the, in the what's new in Svelte. Like the newsletter is great. Yeah. Like I love that Danny's doing that. Danny does such a great job with that. And I was so happy to have them on the sirens and just like find out like how all of that started and the work that goes into it. And Anybody that wants to help out with that, please do, because I'm sure it's just, it's a slog every month to do that alone. And any help is appreciated wherever you can give it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, we could go through it a bit or we could save that for for next week. That might be when it's actually out. So people can take a look at it. Yeah, when it's actually out and I can add all the things to it, but maybe we can do that as like our new year, new goals episode. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So what do we want to talk about? The, let's talk about the, the sirens site being rebuilt with skeleton. Yeah. That, that, that could be fun. Cool. So I, um, had, Chris from Skeleton on the Siren stream, and we went through just what Skeleton was, what purpose it has, what things it gives you. And so it's built off of Tailwind. So you use Tailwind's base utility classes, but it creates Svelte components for you that you can just drop into a Svelte site. And it's Svelte first, actually Svelte kit first now that it's 1.0. So it used to be Svelte and Astro now it's just felt kit. Um, they also have utilities that you can use that allows you to drop in like felt actions, like for modals, uh, local storage stores, like different things that you can use with their utilities, which is really nice. And I mean, it took me a little while, but honestly, the Siren site really needed a rewrite. When I wrote it, I wrote it in a rush, trying to get it out and threw a bunch of different CSS things in there. And it really needed work. I think there was 41 files changed in the PR I just made. So have you pushed it live yet? No, but it's in review. It's as a PR and it should be live soon, hopefully. Yeah. Willow said she's going to review it today. Oh, exciting. Exciting. Yeah. There's a little bit of a design change, so. So I, I'm not sure what to think about these UI libraries. So I kind of like them, but, but at the same time, they're very hard to, usually they're very hard to, to work with, to customize in, in the way that you want to use them. Um, I usually just end up writing my own, which takes, takes a lot of time, I guess, but. I, I completely to... agree because I have the design background, so I want to do like a lot of the design myself. So I don't really mm-hmm. love like dropping these in, but this one does a really good job of giving you props that you can change and customize a little bit for the things that you do drop in. And then a lot of it, I just built myself. Yeah, that's usually how I do it as well. I um, dropped the deploy preview in the chat too. There's this uh, trend in reactive hitless uh, components or headless UI libraries where um, they only give you the sort of behavior that you can sort of customize uh, whatever you like. Um, and part of what I talked about in its felt summit was having, making sure that we encourage both sort of le- level one and level two suppliers of components. Uh, <laughs> so skeleton would be 
you know, sort of le level, I think level one is what I said, which is more consolidated uh, pieces. And then level two would be individual pieces like a type ahead or a date picker or something like that, that, um, you know, yeah. you, you might want to customize a little bit more. So yeah, it's really cool to see. And uh, I, I think, I think like if you're basically doing styles, then using Tailwind <laughs> does it very well. <laughs> but, uh, unless, unless you have a lot of nesting inside of the component, then maybe it's a little bit hard. Um, so, yeah, but then we have slots and all that. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's enough options if you design. Kevin and I talked a little bit about Tailwind yesterday, but but we weren't recording. So I'll say this uh, again: is that I think Tailwind does a really good job of giving you the tokens that you need for your base system. It's not a full design system, but it gives you the tokens that give you the spacing and the guidelines that you need to build the components off of. But you really need to like put those into components that you can then use over and over again to keep a design system consistent. So like it gives you the pieces, but I don't think it's all there. And I still think yeah. you have to know CSS to use Tailwind well, so. I don't disagree with yeah, it's, that. It's, it's kind of like guardrails in a sense, like for, for like, so yeah. you don't stray too far outside of what you're actually- It is, What you yeah. actually should build, yeah. Yeah. So looking at this, this the skeleton UI thing, um, or I guess it's just called skeleton, right? Um, skeleton.dev is the website. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned, we mentioned actions there as a, like a, so that's a Svelte feature. Not, we're not talking about Svelte kit actions or web form actions. So there's a problem with using Svelte actions for a couple of things like because you, you can't server-side render them, right? Which means that if you're using, so I just saw this on, on the preview here that you that you posted. I have dark mode on, on my desktop. So, but when I go to the this new Svelte Sirens website, I get the light mode one, I think. You did? And it's then, supposed to yeah. automatically detect that. Yeah, but then as soon as I click something, it switches to the dark one. And that's probably because it's uh, an action that's supplied somewhere to toggle mm. between dark and, and light. I did not and to, know that. Yeah, so that's the, the main issue with using actions in general for, for styling. Because you can never you never know what the user especially for, for things like like dark and light mode, because you never you yeah. you never know what the user is. You can't detect that on the server side. It yeah. would yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Exactly. So that's one thing to look out for. But if you're just doing like a an SPA, that that should be fine. Um, How would you detect dark mode setting on the server without I, you, like you, you can't you just do can't, that you can't no yeah so you you'd have to use the uh, what's the css thing prefers that's I, what I it uses it. under the hood it uses prefers yeah. dark scheme prefers color dark scheme yeah but if it's like if that. it's doing something with with javascript right then then the javascript i don't know if has that specifically before. is let's look yeah i i, I don't know switch. it's just like let me look at the code view source. The light switch uses. Could just be like a regular. It has an on mount that checks um, mm. if set prefers yeah. dark scheme. It So it checks all of that like as soon as it loads, but it can't check that before that. It should detect it and switch it without you clicking anything. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's not doing that. That's interesting. I Maybe I it's have specifically, something wrong. It's specifically when I click the the menu button as well. 
<laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe maybe you put it in the, I don't know. Maybe, it, oh, wait, maybe it probably doesn't load until you click the menu, right? Like if there's an if clause in there that shows the menu if you click there, on it. There is, yeah. So it's yeah, not that's loading. Probably it. Yeah. How would I fix that? <laughs> I need to fix <laughs> you would, that. <laughs> you, you would put it outside the menu somehow. But yeah. Or use CSS to hide the menu instead of uh, JavaScript. That's another option. Oh. Then you would have it in, in there. So instead of yeah. an if block in Svelte, use just CSS to... Yeah. The, the good old CSS. <laughs> I was wondering why I was having some weird interactions with that menu, but that makes sense now. I had yeah. the bubble toggle do that too for me, where it would yeah. every time I opened the window, it would switch, but I thought I fixed it. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I think the bubbles are working as they should. Anyway. <laughs> Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on from from skeleton. There's a uh, so this this episode is uh, titled uh, what's it titled? It's titled "We All Live in a Svelte Submarine." Does anyone want to like explain in to me because I didn't I didn't title this one? So so um, we were talking, Sean and I, the other day. We logged on to do a recording, and we were just chatting about all the interviews that I've been going through. And one of the companies that I've interviewed for is Defense Unicorns, which is an amazing name, in my opinion. <laughs> it's great. Oh yeah, yeah. But definitely. in this interview process, first of all, like their company uses Gather, which is like an online. It's sort of video game-esque, like Pokemon style, where you log in and you go to a picnic table and you can have a meeting at the picnic table. And it's got video and microphones and everything. So you have all your chat features and your like Slack stuff, but in Gather, which is really cool. And just the culture there seems like such a fun place to work, just that. And then the people were all great. But in the interview process, I found out that what they do is they work for the government, so the U.S. government. So they do defense contracting with the Defense Department. They do FDIC work for the banks, and then they do um, Medicare and Medicaid, so for healthcare. They said that one of their things, all of this is, op some of this is open source too. So they have a Unicorn UI, which is their design system that they're working on that may go through a rename at some point. And then they have Zarf, which is one of their applications that you can look at on their website. And Zarf powers submarines and possibly <laughs> in the future, spacecrafts. So Svelte <laughs> is being used on the front end to power submarines. And I think that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. That, that is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, it would be so cool to see, like, the actual interface. Like, what does it actually look like? I wonder if submarine? we can find the actual interface. Yeah. I mean, mute. <laughs> well, Svelte yeah. in space sounds nicer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that is true. Svelte um, and space does sound really cool. cool. <laughs> but Svelte, uh, submarine, space, we've got all the S's. It's being alliterative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We can just turn um, into snakes at some point and just like hiss. So zarf.dev, Z-A-R-F.dev is the application that they use. And it says DevSecOps for AirGap. AirGap is their API that they have to connect to. Yeah, I mean... This sounds like a fun place to work at. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. So we'll see how things turn out. Hopefully I'll have some news in the next week. Yep. All right. Um, 
yeah, anything else that you want to, you guys want to? Oh, uh, you know, in our in our prep for this, I also went on their GitHub and snooped around. It looks like they're in the beginning stages of open sourcing a design system as well called Unicorn UI. Yeah. Um, so it looks like it's early stages, but it is a Svelte um, component library. Yeah, they have yeah. a few components in there. And apparently Unicorn UI is a bigger design system. So they did mention that they'll probably go through a rename at some point. But for now, it's just called Unicorn UI and it is open source on GitHub. I think they have three repos on there. I think the name is great. Like, why would you? I do too. But that? if it's already yeah. used by a bigger design system, you don't want to fight yeah. like a big SEO battle with. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that, that's true. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, I the guess we are really cute too. The yeah, they look like Pokemon. They really they like the Zarf like one. Pokemons. Definitely yeah. does look looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have any any other topics that we want to talk about, or should we move on to the the unpopular opinions? Yeah, we can move on. I would I would just say like. Uh, in, you know, uh, so we have links here in this felt newsletter. Um, I actually went through some of them, um, and I was going to shout out, you know, some of the the good the the ones that stood out to me that you know I, I would uh, point people to. But also, it's just really hard. There's just a lot of links, and I don't want to like play mm -hmm. favorites or whatever. Um, yeah. There, there's a good summary of like the breaking changes in Svelte Kit, even though uh, there weren't supposed to be any, but uh, they're very minor. I, I don't think uh, it was a it was a big deal to to update any of them. Um, updates about Svelte language tools, um, and then uh, a bunch of new Svelte projects that um, everyone has been working on. It's, it's really, uh, really inspiring. Oh, it looks like, yeah, Rich also did a, a second talk after the Svelte Kit live stream, right? Uh, yeah, he did. Svelte he did London. one at Svelte London. Yeah. Yeah, we could. And he went on the... the Primogen stream and taught the Primogen Svelte. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I haven't seen that one, so we'll see. <laughs> it was, I watched part of it. It was interesting. I'm going to see if I can find a link for this, uh, this London one. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in the newsletter. Uh, oh, uh, GitHub, oh GitHub PR. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then maybe the, the most interesting title that stood out to me was, Someone wrote a blog about now that React is dead, what is the next big thing? And I, I wasn't aware that React is dead. That's like clickbaity <laughs> stuff. So no. maybe you want to check that out. Uh, oh, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did uh, actually go look at the Stack Overflow 2022 survey, and Svelte used to be number one in in terms of the most loved frameworks. It's now dropped to number two because there's a new entrant, Phoenix, from uh, the Elixir community. That happened last year, right? Too. <clears throat> Didn't we come in second in 2021? No, no, Svelte was first. Are you sure? Yeah, I thought yeah, we dropped to two, but it was like very close and solid too in the framework battle. So you might be, I think you're talking about state of JS. Uh, oh, this is Stack Overflow. Other... Yeah. Okay. So Stack Overflow is much bigger. Uh, it's like 60,000 people versus state of JS being like 10 yeah. to 15,000 people. I have heard of Phoenix before. Yeah. Either way, uh, actually, so that's the rankings, which is fine. But then the actual number percentage of people interested in Svelte or loving Svelte or like liking Svelte went up, whereas mm. every other major JavaScript framework went down. What? That's, that's um, a very good uh, review of, of 
Yes, oh, because uh, this is this is the financial analyst in me going like. That's no, one no, no, of the there's... inflection points too, right? <laughs> is that the more users you get, eventually you're going to hit that point that your satisfaction yeah. goes down. So, seeing yeah, so... that our users are going up and the satisfaction is staying high. Exactly. It's really yeah. good. So, so like, yeah, Phoenix came. So Phoenix wasn't there last last year. So like, we just don't know. But uh, mm. so Svelte went from seventy one percent loved to seventy five percent loved, and then uh, React went from sixty nine down to sixty eight. Uh, Vue went from sixty four down to sixty three. Uh, Angular fifty five down to fifty two. So Svelte's the only one going up. It's a good sign. It, yeah. Well, I, not I, for I, the I, other ones. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, like, if people are like watching this stuff, uh, but like the numbers are all there. You just have to compare across years. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's interesting. I wonder if they have the ability to to show this, like, over time. That'd be cool. By they do. They just don't do. want to. The uh, yeah. Jamstack yeah. survey had Svelte and SvelteKit in the upper right corner of growth and satisfaction too. This year. See, we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, also had right. similar findings for Vue and Nuxt, which is just, I mean, I hope it's not like that community's great. Evan's great. It's just, I hope it's not going to die out, but I don't know that it's going to ever overtake React now, which I think was the thought in the beginning. Uh, well, maybe not Vue, but like, you, you, it it kind of feels at the moment, right? For most people, that React is never going away, right? Well, yeah, it's but like then, jQuery. Their jQuery is still being used on how much yeah, of the internet? Yeah. Like it's but it's, it's, it's not, not being needed. talked about. No yeah. one's talking about it, right? But it's very widely used. It's like WordPress as well. Oh, no yeah. one. It's like <laughs> at some point, React is gonna fall off the cliff to some other new tool. It could yeah. be Svelte. It could be anything, right? Uh, but it's still gonna be used. So yeah, it'll be fine. I'm I'm sure like there are people still using like Meteor and Angular and all of these other frameworks as well. So um, one of the other companies I interviewed for is migrating an Angular old Angular JS project to SvelteKit. That sounds like if you knew if you know both, like a fun thing to do. Oh no, I think that part of it is mostly done. So I would not be working oh, on I the see. migration for that gotcha. company. Gotcha. <laughs> Thankfully, because right. I do not know Angular JS. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't either. So, before we continue with the episode, here's a word from our sponsor, Vercel. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. Um, should we move on to unpopular opinions? Yeah, sure. All right. Brittany. You're up. <laughs> so Sean wrote this one for me because we were having a conversation the other day and it says DevRel sucks. I don't think DevRel sucks. I think DevRel is not for me right now. I love the pieces that I do in the community with Svelte Sirens and Coding Cat, this podcast, like this kind of DevRel stuff. I love, I enjoy. I would do this in my free time 
just as a hobby. I don't need to get paid for this. But the other pieces of Deverell that, like, I don't know if this is because I got laid off and feel like I got burnt by that and that kind of sent me into this burnout spiral or if I just like worked for Netlify who has more people now and like their structure was set up they knew what Devrel was about and they kind of had an idea of going down that path but most other companies have no common standard for what Devrel means you could be a marketer you could be a social media person you could be a blog writer you could write docs you could write templates and it's all over the place in the industry and it's just it's a lot and going into a job where you're like you may have to do any number of these things and half of those things I don't enjoy I'm like maybe it's not for me anymore so that's kind of what led me down this path of wanting to get more back into front-end engineering and start interviewing more for companies like that so that's where I'm at now yeah I, I, I I'm not sure what to think about like Devrel. I guess my my role is is purely Devrel in a sense, but it's it's also I don't know, it's it's my my role is weird, right? But it's 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 uh, like I You I, dictate I, what I, you do though. So you yeah, you can yeah, make yeah. your own yes, way. Yeah. There are things that are probably needed that you don't enjoy, but like yeah, having to yeah, go out sure. and get sponsors and like beg for money and stuff like that. I don't enjoy that. Yeah, I don't that's, know that's, 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 that's not really that's not really a Devrel thing, right? So it can well, be actually, like having to independent like, creator lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. Like for podcasts and stuff, I would have to reach out to people. And I mean, I don't mind that stuff, but it there's sponsorships and things involved with that too. Mm. And Interesting. Like I've, cause I've, I've always had like, I've never had to, well, actually that's not true. Never mind. I was going to say like, I, I, I haven't had, I haven't interacted with any DevRels for sponsorships, but but then when I think about it, I definitely have. So yeah, yeah, you definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the DevRels I, just I, tend to be the face of the company. It's the person that yeah. you would like maybe know or ask for something from, and they might get you to the right person. Yeah. So they may not be the person that handles everything, but they're kind of the person you know that works for that company, and they reach out. You reach out to them. Yeah, there are some things that you've done now. For example, put on a conference for Kev, and then for Brittany, like uh, live streaming, you know, con cons consistently and constantly, and uh, with really high quality. Uh, those are very good DevRel activities, but that doesn't actually mean that you would like the doing it for for your full job, uh, or that you would like doing the other parts of DevRel. And that's totally fine. You you don't have to be in DevRel to do those things. Um, yeah. I would I would definitely consider that those as parts of what the job entails, but they're perfectly good engineers and engineering managers who also do those things and uh, sometimes better <laughs> than, right. than uh, professional uh, developer relations. Um, all, I, all I will say is, I guess like it's good that you like had the experience. So like now you're very clear on what you want. Um, mm -hmm. I wish that you had a better experience because uh, it's been very beneficial to my life. I've been doing this for like five years, and uh, yeah, it is it is a very new field and new career, and that, that is something I warn people about uh, because I, I think people tend to oversell the like oh you can just 
go to conferences and create all the time and yeah. don't have to do any real work. But no, like, you know, there is a lot to be worked out in terms of the career path. And you felt the the bad side of that. <laughs> I, I think that's what bothered me. And I think that I may come around to a different place at some point where I get back into it. It's just right now, I think the way that I'm feeling is just bummed because I got laid off and just that's part of it. I don't think it's necessarily mm. the job per se, but yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, yeah, you got caught in the uh, bad economy essentially. But still, if if anyone else is like considering, you know, going into it or leaving it, um, I'm happy to talk to people. Um, I, I would say like, I do think that it is the responsibility of founders and uh, you know, devrel leaders to define that for you. Um, mm -hmm. That is tr something I do try to do for my team, and if you're not getting that you need to expect it or ask for it. Um, and this is something that we, we can always have a conversation about because, um, you know, people have feelings like that. Uh, and there is a career path that that is broader. That's that's if you if you look at the broad, longer history of DevRel at like Microsoft and Google and Apple. Um, but most startups do have not bothered to do any of that research. They, they're just like, we're just going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just expounding on that a little bit. Do you have an idea of what you would expect DevRel's metrics to be? I think that's one of the problems for million dollar question. Companies. I have a blog post on it that is now required reading at Google, apparently. <laughs> uh, it's called Measuring DevRel. Let's just mic drop that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was I was surprised that just someone at Google told me about it. And I was like, "Wow, oh, oh okay, gosh. I didn't know that." Uh, so uh, j just to I, I dropped it in the show notes, uh, but just a TLDR yeah, so of it. Monthly active developers—that's what you hear almost everywhere. Right, exactly. Uh, I actually took that term from Netlify, but yeah. it's going to differ. It's either monthly active developers or monthly active clusters, because sometimes you cannot track developers. Uh, but for a SaaS platform like Netlify, you can. So uh, that's the more direct thing. And then it breaks into either your community type of DevRel, your content type of DevRel, your product type of DevRel. Those are the ways that people naturally end up splitting. Um, uh, Brittany, I see you as kind of community and content and uh, probably more on the content side, uh, but you could also do community if you if you wanted to. But like, it's going to be very clear based on what people prefer to do. If you just throw them a bunch of tasks and then like, you see what they naturally gravitate to and get done really well versus the others they kind of struggle with. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, and, and then, you know, I have some opinions on like bad metrics as well. So uh, all that's yeah. in the post. I don't want to sort of regurgitate it. I'm going to read it, the but... post. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, it, yeah, DevRel doesn't suck. It's just not for you at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no provocative <laughs> statement is that, that it doesn't. Um, so I, I, I will also say, like, it, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, probably overrated by a lot of de developer tools. Uh, Stripe did not hire its first developer relations uh, until like six years into its making. Uh, so Stripe didn't need DevRel. Do you need DevRel? You know, there's there's all these other questions yeah. about the actual value of DevRel. I, I will say, like, as a hopeful as a potential founder someday, I think it's a very good practice stage for oh, no. uh, selling your craft uh, or learning how to sell, learning how to build a network on someone else's time uh, while you're you know, providing a real service. And uh, I think it's, it's a good 
gig if, if you want to do that. But yeah, it, it does have downsides. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move into uh, well, unless we have more unpopular no, opinions. Uh, no, actually, uh, hmm. <laughs> I have so many. React is dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so I, I think I have one about, so I used to, I, I talked to, uh, I, I talked a bit about like a search engine that I was paying for like a couple of episodes ago, I think. Don't remember which one, but oh, you did. it's called yeah. Kagi. Yeah. And I think like th there was a thread on Hacker News recently about it as well. And like a lot of the, the comments there are people trying to skimp out on, I, I understand that like 10, 10 bucks could be a lot, but as a developer, you pay a lot for your tools generally. Like you, you spend a bunch of money on your computer. Well, maybe not you specifically, but the company that you work for. Yeah. And productivity wise, like using Kagi has been such a nice experience. It's so good. And my unpopular opinion is that maybe it's not unpopular. We'll see. Is that you should pay for stuff if it actually enhances your productivity in general. I think that is like kind of an unpopular opinion because a lot of people will yeah. be like frugal or yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to say something offensive, but like, yeah, 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 exactly. Cheap, exactly. Like, like, Oh, what, why would I use this when I could, uh, uh, write this script together with this other thing and do this and this and this, and then maybe it works for a week and then it breaks. Or yeah, the like, whole programmer mindset of like build it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's just, I just think like, just, just pay for things. Like if, if it's worth it, pay for it. Especially if it's like a service, like authentication too. Like I say this all the time, like just use one of the tools that already does that. Well, you do not want to build your own authentication. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's true for a lot of things. And it, it's not just like developer tools. It's also just like what you said here, authentication. It, it, it could be anything like that's, that's actually yeah. worth paying for, but yeah. So that's my unpopular opinion. Not sure if I guess, I guess it, yeah, people should pay for stuff. <laughs> let's, let's, let's call it that. All right. Um, picks, we have a bunch of picks here, so I'm going to, yeah. I, I think they're all yours. So you guys I think, go ahead. Yeah. Sean. Well, so I recently adopted Arc browser. Um, that is, uh, the browser from the browser company of New York, <laughs> which is a fun <laughs> company name. They need to bring back the old school type of company naming. And it is essentially a skin on top of Chromium, which is very interesting to me that Chromium itself is open source and the Google people are completely fine with Arc uh, competing with them. I guess because it's still running Chrome, Chromium under the hood and uh, Google is still the default search engine. And I think that's all they want. Um, I'm not, not super sure. But Arc, I think, is killing Chrome in terms of it is much better for browser tab management, which I, which is the, the main thing I have struggles with. Um, I will have weeks and months where I have hundreds of browser tabs open because I use them as a reading list. Uh, and, uh, and Arc is, Arc has a ton of features uh, to help you manage uh, from like sort of vertical stacking of tabs to uh, organizing tabs into spaces and, and making it really nice to navigate uh, split pane views, which even though I use a window manager, I use the split pane view as a stack of 
of uh, windows that I open up. And then when I'm done with everything I'm doing, I close the entire stack. Uh, and it's just a nice way to group mm. windows. And then finally, the little arc browser, which is a temporary uh, small browser. When you click on the link, um, it doesn't open a full browser. It just opens a oh, single well, instance, singleton browser. Uh, which is exactly what I have on my phone. I use Firefox Focus on my phone. I think I picked it before, uh, where you want to have uh, a browser sometimes just for temporary viewing. Like, you know you're not going to need this. You're just checking out a quick link. So, yeah, I think a lot of innovations there. I really love Arc. And when I had my MacBook from Netlify, I was using it and loved everything about it. And then got laid off, had to send my Mac back, and now, and now I have a PC, I cannot use Arc. And so what I'm hoping is that Arc will cause innovation in the space. And I actually switched over to Microsoft Edge because it has the vertical tabs very similar to Arc. It doesn't have the profile spaces and things that you can do. And um, I don't think it has the group the groups that you can make out of your tabs like Arc yeah. did, but yeah, fold, put tabs in folders. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it has some of the pieces and I also want the focus view where I don't have the bar up all the time, but there's a few things that it's missing, but I'm enjoying edge. It's, it's been a little bit of a switch, but yeah. yeah the, the main question is how are they going to make money uh, right now? It's completely free, free and uh, yeah, for sure. Like they're not making any money. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, would I pay $30, $30 a month for it? Probably not. Yeah. Would I pay like $10 a month? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. It kind of goes, but uh, kind of goes yeah. back to the, to my own popular opinion here in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Cause because like it's, it, it's, it's, it, it is very enough? superficial UI. Yeah upgrades but like the ui upgrades help so okay fine but yeah. like am i paying ten dollars a month for the rest of my life i don't know <laughs> yeah. subscription service is hard for me too yeah. yeah so uh i i used to have superhuman right uh and i think i maybe had plugged it on a very very early episode of yeah. this uh podcast and i unsubscribed because i realized like you know, I'm not using this enough to justify $30 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and I can just live with And superhuman was missing some key features from Gmail, like, uh, it was not good at setting up filters. And like, you can't be in, you can't have a lot of email and not have filters. So yeah. I just canceled it. Yeah, hmm. I've been burnt by email clients too. I, I bought one it was just a one-time fee, but to have all of my different Gmail accounts in one service and it crashes all the time. Like, yeah, that. it doesn't yeah. sound like a nice experience. Yeah. So I haven't tried arc. How do I get a, an invite? Oh, uh, you ask someone with arc every single week, uh, they give you five new advice to spread out. It's, oh, it's actually nice. kind of a BS strategy. Like I don't super agree with it because it's, it's trying to be exclusive, right? But it's a back, not yeah. really, if every single user gets five every week, it's not yeah. actually exclusive. It's just trying to <laughs> do some viral ground up social media marketing thing. Kind of reminds uh, me of, uh, of what was that? Uh, I always forget what it's called clubhouse. No, yeah. yeah. What, what was, yeah. was it Clubhouse? Clubhouse? No. So Clubhouse had legitimate uh, capacity reasons, right? Like they are running uh, servers. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, concurrent users is a problem and it costs them money. So yes, uh, I understand. But yep. a browser, which is only client side, there's no reason. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. So I can, um, I can put my invite codes in here. Uh, it looks like it's been used a couple of times this week, but you can feel free to take it and whoever else, uh, gets it next week. You can get it next week. I'm going to, I'm going to use it.
right Sweet. now. <laughs> Actually, I'll wait until after we, we record it. All right. We, so that's one pick. We have another. Oh, uh, then, we had, then we had gaming picks. I think uh, I set Brittany off on a, on a gaming streak. So uh, I was on, I was only going to say that because of the holidays and Christmas and all that, I picked up what? Did he, he froze again? Oh, I, I was talking about Minecraft and I, I think Sean threw the Mario Party pick in there. I'll let him talk about it when he comes back. But I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about Minecraft. Um, yep. So we started playing Minecraft with the kids over the holidays and I have gotten into this like building like I love Minecraft now where I will just go out and like farm for my materials and then build all these houses. We have this like place that's on the beach with like baby turtles. And I built this like modern beach house that like looks out to the sunset when I go to sleep at night. And it's, it's just like really <laughs> cool. I love it. Yeah. Like I, I, I was telling you before we started recording, um, that is, I, I haven't played Minecraft in a, in a, in a long time, but I, I enjoyed it as well. And it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's fun. calming. Just like a go yeah. around and do whatever you want. Open world, just yeah. look around. Have you, have you seen a game called Valheim? I've heard it's, of that. So it's supposed to be kind of the same thing, but it's, it's set in this Viking fantasy kind of world. It's supposed to be very good. I haven't tried it, but I'm looking to probably try it at some point, but yeah. All right, you back, Sean? Yes, I'm back. Sorry, my internet is not good. Um, <laughs> there's a video I would recommend. There's a 4D Minecraft that someone made where you can what? travel 4D? in time. Yeah, and you can oh, build stuff. Nice. I don't know how it works, but you can, oh you can scroll back and forth in time and then like retrieve things that you left in the past um, and then <laughs> to go get it in the future. <laughs> that yeah, sounds yeah. so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I've never got into Minecraft, I, I don't like the graphics, but uh, people really love it. So more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but my pick was Mario Party. Uh, I put it off for a long time because I don't want to pay $60 for a Mario game. But my sister was very insistent on it. And then we got into it. And it's just a bunch of mini games that don't really matter, but it's fun. Uh, the reason I pick it is because my mom, who never games, my mom was actually gaming with us. Um, and we had a lot of fun. And so it's it's really good for whole family. Even if you're not super tech savvy, you can kind of get into it. So Is that the Switch? Uh, yeah. Yeah, on, on the Switch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's the one. I'm sure they have versions have for... Yet. I'm sure they have all systems for everything. Like Mario Party is one of those titles that has been... Is it cross-platform? I thought Mario was I mean, exclusive it's, to it's, Nintendo. It's, sure, sure, sure. I mean, but like you don't have to have a Switch. You can use one of the older Nintendo oh, systems. Oh, I got you. Okay. yeah. Yeah, and my second gaming pick was uh, Pictionary Air. I had never heard of this, and my mom's like, have you seen this commercial? And I'm like, no. And so we watched the commercial, and it's you're drawing with this wand in the air, and it draws it up on the TV screen. And so you don't need paper for Pictionary. I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. And it's really cheap. It's like $12.99 or something, and we found it at five below and she bought it and the kids like loved it you put your phone up where it's facing them like the camera and then you just draw with the wand it is reversed so you like you can't really watch while you're drawing which is interesting and getting used to that but i don't know yeah. i really thought it was an innovative idea i really liked it yeah it sounds like fun for for like a like a small party or or just like yeah in general 
Yeah. Like All a party right. game. I know we talked about that us earlier, but I did not mention the Texas conference is coming up in two weeks. I don't even know if this podcast will be out before then, but hopefully um, okay. go and like spend your education stipend and go. I th- they have James Quick. They have Becca and another big keynoter there, like 70 to 80 speakers, I think. It's a big conference. Oh, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit far for me. Yeah. It's hard to justify, but <laughs> maybe the one in July, that could work. Yeah, they have one in Wisconsin in July. Um, we're actually going there for spring break. It's at Kalahari in the Wisconsin Dells, and sounds like fun. Yeah. Maybe I should go. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any picks today. Actually, I'm going to pick time off. Yeah. Time off is great. You should take some sometimes. If... if uh, Especially if you're starting to feel a bit burned out, step very important, I'd say. So that's my pick. I think that's a good pick. And travel too, if you can. It's a lot of fun. And I, I think that's it. All we got. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, and as always, we'll see you probably next week or the week after. We'll see. And uh, yeah. Goodbye. Later. Bye. <laughs>